Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. On today's show, Woods goes whammy on Spurs. Michael has a hammy over Ollie, and I'm I'm an ostrich. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of A Pod of Two Halves. We're in episode fifty something, fifty somewhere. Do we have theme music yet? I don't know. Depends if I can be bothered to do the theme music after the show, yeah? So we may have theme music, or we may not, depending on how into the Great British Bake Off I happen to get. I'm here with Lee, producer Collard, if you will. How are you doing, buddy? Yeah, I'm very good. Is I'm the... pleased to know that I'm not singing, hopefully. Put more pressure on you to get this sorted later on. He's definitely singing. He's absolutely singing, 100%. <laughs> right? <laughs> theme music or no theme music, you're going under the assumption that there is no theme music. Okie dokie. Okie dokie. Um, how are you doing, man? Yeah. Have you produced a good show for us today? Are, are the timings correct? Are they tight? The Time Master will be telling that story come the end of the show. Okay, that's very good. <laughs> Give us a timing breakdown. A timing breakdown. Is it, is it a star rating system? or? Well, I can do a star rating if that's Meltzer style. Oh, yeah. If this helps you to get under that hour mark. I would enjoy this a great deal. I'm not going to lie to you. Woods, how's your technology, bro? Uh, so, this is the third time of trying this tonight uh attempt one we got to uh, lee's intro and the internet froze uh to which we had to restart uh attempt two didn't even get that far uh as we seemed massively out of sync which would have made it a absolute fucking nightmare for mikey to stitch together later but now crucially uh, crucially now at this moment we're in sync um i'm great you know, uh, eight weeks into the season, shall we have a quick update on if all our teams won on the same weekend? Uh, yes. <laughs> Lee? Mm. Mikey? No. No. So we eight weeks in me. and we still, <laughs> still have not had all our teams win on the same weekend. 
Ridiculous. It's not looking good for next week either, mate, or next next round no. of games. No, next fucking spring, now that there's two-week international break. Mm. You know what? We said this on the show a couple of weeks ago. I think I said, I'm quite looking forward to the international break. I tell you what, I can't wait. I'm so happy. I don't want to see football again. I'm done. This is horrible. It's been tough, hasn't it, mate? Tough? This is dog shit, mate. I saw a, we saw a tweet earlier that said, you know, Man United fans should be grateful, you know, Essentially, the, the thing that can take the, the gloss of, of, or the shine of Liverpool winning the league is the fact that United could get relegated. You know what I mean? <laughs> Diverting all of the attention away. Oh, it needs to happen. Ollie's dedication to basically shithousing Liverpool winning the league. Ollie. Look, we're going to talk about Ollie later on, okay? Because Ollie can fuck off as far as I'm concerned, but that's maybe a spoiler. I apologise <laughs> for spoiling the segment later on. Um, that was a pretty quick intro. I reckon we should get cracking, get firing. Bought some time, mate. Get moving. Time for Woods and his, uh, well, we know what's coming up next. Well, so, <laughs> we've talked about Ole quickly, and we're going to talk about him later on. But, you know, there is another manager in the league who potentially, well, not potentially, is absolutely underperforming. Um, what's going on at Spurs? I know, you, I know you talked about Spurs at length the other week. Um, to say it's gone from bad to worse might be the understatement of the century. Because since that game, they have got absolutely murdered by Bayern Munich. 7-2, was it? 7-2. At home. home. In their nice new shiny shiny stadium. Nice shiny stadium there. 7-2 defeat. And then they turned up against Brighton. They got turned over. Turned over again, mate. Um, Yeah, last week, (laughs) about half an hour before... Uh, kickoff. I announced that the bubble had burst at Tottenham. I didn't quite realise that it had full on fucking exploded. Um, it's over. It's done, mate. It's done. And it's not just that they've lost. It's the way they're losing games now. The effort levels are through the floor. Um, it was highlighted on Match of the Day very well that inside the first two minutes, there was no pressure from any Tottenham player on the ball, which ultimately led to the goal. Uh, which was obviously from another error from Hugo Lloris, who then obviously injured himself. Um, A pretty nasty-looking injury. Um, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, dislocated elbow, probably better than a broken arm in terms of um, healing time. So he he apparently won't be back until the new year, but that's no big loss because Hugo Lloris has been dog shit this year, uh, as has the majority of that Spurs team. Um, It's it's finished, mate. It's over. Uh, They're basically calling up the dead man the undertaker's coming in uh but at least at least spurs fans can look back glowingly on the pochettino era uh, as, as such great moments such as putting the pressure on <laughs> two, two fa cup semi-final defeats uh penalty shootout heartbreak against chelsea and the first 27 seconds of the European Cup final. They'll have all of this to look back on in decades to come. Uh, the and, that time Leicester, and that time Leicester beat them to the title. Yes, exactly. I well, mean, they, they put the pressure on of, twice. I should they, say twice. They finished ahead of Manchester United, Chelsea, Arsenal, Man City, Liverpool, and didn't win the league. Uh, cor- correction, they actually finished third in a two-horse race that year. Oh, that is true. They finished behind Arsenal because they got fucked at Newcastle on the last day of the season. Uh, which is just so deliciously Spursy. Um, everything that we spoke about last week was there to see. Um, there was no press. Uh, the team's so narrow playing this mad diamond formation without any uh, talented fullbacks to make it work. Um, and, and what really shocked me was um, Pochettino's words at full time. And he, 
he suggested that his players struggled to deal with the um, the mental impact of Hugo Lloris going off injured. And that begs the question about the character of the team. Most teams would get galvanised by that, you know, that whole kind of let's go do this for Hugo. Instead, Spurs kind of felt sad. We feel really sad for Hugo because he's gone and hurt his arm. And now we're all feeling very sad about ourselves. And now we're 3-0 down to a team which haven't won since the first day of the season. It's shocking, mate. It's shocking. It's so bad. It's so bad, actually. And this is the mad thing, because I didn't expect this from Spurs fans. But they've they've even turned on Poch. Poch out was trending. They they, they haven't been relevant in the entire Premier League era until this man came along. Right. Completely irrelevant. Uh, This this is genuinely their best team in uh, some 60 years. And they turn their back on him at the first sign of kind of struggling. Look, it's where they are. They're Tottenham. It is, it is uh, Chiellini put it best, it is the history of the Tottenham. That is exactly <laughs> that. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. We have our Tottenham back. Um, and I, for one, am thankful for this. Uh, never achieved what they, they thought they could. Um, and yeah, uh, I am ecstatic about this. It, is it Potter's fault, though? Because No, absolutely not. It's come from the top, hasn't it? They haven't invested. The ball bloke has been left with like, you know, the squad that he pretty much inherited or had in the first couple of seasons. You know, They've grown old. Writing was on the wall in, leading into that European Cup final when um, Ericsson started to make his little noises about kind of, oh, I might want to leave. Pochettino said pretty much the same things. Uh, he, he obviously said that like, if I win the European Cup, I'll leave because there's nothing more for me to do. That's, that's the words of a man that's already kind of eyeing the door. Um, I think that he thought he would get his way out of the club in the summer. Uh, but I think Levy basically priced him out of a move, uh, putting a £30 million price tag on him. And I think he's a, he's, he's a man that looks desperate to kind of get out and kind of move on. Um, Levy's never going to back him. Uh, he's never going to provide him the funds that he requires to uh, kind of rebuild this because it needs a full rebuild at this point. Um, I think that uh, you see that the, the two centre-halves, um, Alderweire was having a nightmare season. Like he is having a nightmare. He, he's got into this uh, situation where he doesn't uh, trust his uh, athleticism anymore. So he continually retreats and allows the fen- uh, strikers to kind of move up on him and and obviously, that's how I think Bayern got a bunch of goals um, and also the goals at uh, Brighton at the weekend. Kane doesn't fit the system. Legs are gone. Uh, he can't press from the front. Uh, Deli Ali has completely fallen off a cliff. He's vanished, mate. Vanished. 23 years old. He's never been good. Right? I've said this the entire time. Deli Ali scored one good goal and, and he made a few nice little runs and he got a little, like half a season good times with Kane. He's never that good. See, the thing with Deli Ali is... Um, Spurs fans like to believe he's a midfielder. He's not a midfielder. He's a second striker, right? That's the crucial difference here. Uh, his best seasons were kind of playing up front with Kane. Then Song came in and has taken his place and he's not been able to find anywhere to play since. Um, it's, it's a mess and they've got this... You know, I said at the start of the season, I was really excited to see him Dombele. But he's kind of been playing in this right side of the diamond and he looks lost. And the thing with the diamond is those two players, the left-hand side and the right-hand side of, of the diamond, it's such a bloody difficult position to play tactically um, to know where you need to be at each moment. And it looks like those players have no idea what they're doing. Um, and obviously, as we mention every week, they're fullbacks. Trash. Absolute trash fullbacks. The system can't work like this. Um, Can we that's mention one- Eric Dyer quickly as well? <laughs> He had, a, he had a stinker, didn't he? I mean, Eric Dyer falls into the same bracket as uh, Deli Ali to me, a player that's completely overhyped because he's English and played for Tottenham. Um, 
he's never been much to me. Uh, he highlighted that fact against Colombia when he came on uh, and then basically scored a penalty and everyone forgets about it. The guy's trash. <laughs> I'm so I'm still incredibly thankful we didn't spend 50 million quid on him. God. That would have been horrendous. So, I mean, as it is, the thing, the, the situation is, is uh, I was reading a, a journalist today was suggesting it's okay, Tottenham fans, don't worry, because um, Spurs are going to go spend a load of money in January. Um, and it's like, that's just not going to happen. If they didn't spend it in the summer, they're not going to spend it in January. And he's suggesting that they're going to go sign Paolo Dybala in January, a player that's now featuring regularly for Juventus, a team which have aspirations of winning the European Cup. And on the same day, he basically announces that Spurs are back in for Dybala. Dybala's basically saying comments along the lines of, I never wanted to leave. It hurts me that I was being linked with other clubs. Juventus is where I want to stay. And it's never a good market to go into anyway. No. January market is notoriously shit. You know, you, rarely do you get good buys. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not a good market. You're 100% correct. They, um, look, I thought they had a pretty decent summer. They've, they've suffered with the fact that La Celso and uh, Cessignon have not obviously played yet. Uh, that certainly hindered them. Uh, but still, like, tactically, I will say, look, I defend Poch a lot because I do think he's done a lot of good at Tottenham. Uh, they'd be nowhere without him. They were nowhere without him. But I will say that this persistence with playing the diamond does does concern me. Um for some reason he feels that he's hit gold with this and it's nothing Um, and it's to the detriment of the team and really uh, what he needs to do is get Kane out of the team I I think I I reckon he walks you reckon he walks because Levy's never sacking him He's that, never that, that's the thing, and, I, and he's never backing him either. So you know, I think it's you know it's reached a, a critical point now where you know, as you said, he pretty much wanted to go in the summer. He didn't get that European Cup. He's now kind of lump, yeah, he's lumbered there. You know, he's kind of stuck there, and he's got a team that doesn't you know doesn't want to kind of play from. They don't want to be at the club either. You know, I, I think it's not. It's not well, it's I'd not like to I'd like to pose a question to you, Mister Collard, from one team who doesn't want to play for their manager to another. Everton. I don't think we've lost the players yet. I think the players are still playing for silver. No? No. That, yeah. That's them playing for silver, mate. <laughs> I, I really can't wait till when they stop playing for him. Because essentially, we're in, a, we're in a position at the moment where there are several managers in the league who are... <laughs> well, sack watch, right? We're looking at players... Managers that could be getting sacked any, any time now, right? Well, he's in hot seat at the moment. I would suggest that Silva is in a burning red hot seat... Look, I've I've been on the forums. You know, the, the the fans are pretty much you know screaming for his neck. They what they want him out. Me me at the moment with I'm not the there. ferocity of a handball shout. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, <laughs> I, I I'm not there yet because I've, like I said, I think I mentioned it last week. I, I've, and I also made the uh, the uh, the before I go on to what I'm going to go on to. Last week I mentioned that you know Everton were not in danger of getting relegated and. Ooh. So suddenly I looked at that table uh, come this weekend and I was like, that was quite a bold statement to make, wasn't it? Um, but I, I've been, I mean, I was, you know, we had it with Sam Allardyce. You know, he came in. I can't see who, who's coming into Everton. Rescued the club? Yeah, and, like and make Sam came in, mate. Got you eight, right? Oh, mate, shut well, up, uh, shut uh, up. Uh, all, uh, all you're doing is well, warming it. You're, you're having a warm. You're, any I'm other club, biting. mate. Any other club, there's a statue outside. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, yep, good one, boys, yep. My perspective on Marco Silva is that he's a con man. He's managed to convince people that he's an exceptional manager by relegating Hull, 
uh, having a hot start with Watford and then going completely off the boil and blaming that on the fact that Everton showed interest. It's the same shit, mate. He starts well, it all tailors off. He's, he's just basically, he's a charlatan. I'm, I, I'm absolutely with you on this one. The more I see of him, the more I'm just like, you, this guy's a fraud. He knows How, exactly he just... what the problem is with his team. You can see too many set-piece goals. Never corrected it. It's, it's everywhere he's been, set-piece goals, and he's never corrected it. It doesn't show a manager that's able to address the weaknesses he has. Um, I think he's the problem you've got. And the one thing that's going to get him sacked, the one thing owners can't stand more than anything, right? You can accept poor performances and kind of go, look, we're coming, going for a rough patch. What owners can't stand is when they spend £30 million on an exciting striker and he basically rides the bench eight weeks into the season. That's what's going to get him the sack. Because basically I, I, the ownership are going to be I'm like, where's Moyes King? I'm not convinced he's, he's good enough. Moyes well, King? I, yeah. I, I, I not, not, not in terms of good enough, but you know, I still think he's too raw. Bruv. And he doesn't fit into the system that Silver plays. But, but this, is the, this is the issue I have with Everton. So and it's the same issue I have with United. They're boring as fuck to watch and there's no service. I don't think you can judge Keane on, 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 on how he's doing because I haven't seen him have a shot yet. I haven't seen him have a good chance. You know what I mean? I don't see. I don't see him have a. I don't see him get put through. You know, and if he's there, he has any chances, they are half chances at best. Look, I appreciate from from back, both ends the back end in terms of you know defence. We are leaking goals left, right, and centre from set pieces. You know, we have got the worst in the league. And going forward, you know, we're not, it's not easy on the eye. But I look at the personnel within the team, and you know, I question if some of it is good enough. You know, the fact that he has to permit. Uh, Persist with playing Schneiderlin at the moment is a massive, massive hindrance. Losing was it? In, well, who's the guy you bought? Just a game. We Not lost him. The, the, you, you bought in a guy in, in, in the summer who's injured. In Gambaman or something. Yeah, yeah. Because that doesn't, doesn't, help doesn't help that the replacement for Gay gets injured, and you have to play a midfield dynamo of Delph and Schneiderlin, which sounds Oof. awful. It's awful, mate. Gomez has obviously been injured as well. You know, we've been stuck in in the middle of the park with options. You know, that are dearth of any creativity at all. That's, that's it. I'm going know. to make an argument now for why Silver should stay, by the way, because I have... I've already Sacre made that argument, mate. The sacrace.com in front of me, and here's the argument for keeping him, because the favourite to come in... <laughs> Please and you're going to love this, mate. You're going to love this. It's Please David Moyes. It's David Moyes. It's David Moyes. <laughs> yes! Mate, mate, can you imagine this pod if they sack Silver and Moyes comes in? Lee, Lee will basically... He'll basically cancel. He, he's like, nah, I'm done. Done with football. Delete it. Um, See, so Moyes I, I is heard top. it was Chris Wilder. Chris Wilder's second favourite sixes, but David Moyes is top. Mm. Uh, then it's Mikel Arteta well. at yeah. eights. Uh, He'd Rafa- be the one you'd want. Mikel Arteta. Mikel Arteta, is that just like a soul show? No, Mikel Arteta is the next Man City manager, unless he goes beforehand. That he's literally the there. fact that he's been, uh, been he's, tutored by the best manager in the world he is, is great. He's literally being groomed to be the next Man City manager. If he doesn't move beforehand, he will be the next Man City manager. If you could steal him away, that's a hell of a coup, that is, man. Hmm. I think he's a very attractive player. And he's an Everton player. It's a, it's a gamble, though, at the same it time. It is a gamble, but like, staying with Silver he's never managed at all. Well. What, Silver was Silver less of a gamble. I, I mean, I, I, I guess in the sense that what? You think that basically if you bring Arteta in, you'll get relegated? No, I don't think we get relegated. Uh, you know, I said it last and what's, week. What's the gamble? Because like, Silver's going to take you nowhere. He's not taking you where, where Everton want to be as a football club, is he? That's True. the big, the big thing here, and it's the same, you know. Moving on uh, now because I know we've got to talk about Ollie, but Ollie's exactly the same. Silver isn't the person that's going to take Everton where they want to be. Ollie Solskjaer is definitely not that manager for Manchester United to take them where they need to be or want to be, even. 
But what you've been, I don't know. For me, it's the worry. You know, I feel like I said I've been there before. It's the, it's the worry of who's going to come in next, and are they actually going to make it any better? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's not ideal. Having experienced what I went through last time, where you know we had Sam Allardyce and the football got worse, yet somehow you know you, you play, you played, and we finished eighth. You know that was a, a, a terrible year in terms of you know the middle of the table. What about Eddie Howe? Mm, I'm not convinced. I feel he's got a better track record than uh, Marco Silva. Defensively, still questionable. Defensively, though, still it? very questionable. I completely agree with that. Um, but at least he plays an attractive brand of football, which uh, Marco Silva has shown a complete inability to do. He plays boring football and concedes set pieces. I, I, I just think that I've seen enough of Marco Silva. I've seen enough to know. I don't that. know what I don't know what is how his teams play. His teams play just a possession based game, you know, that's meant to be fast in transition, but there's a lack of pace within the like I said, going through the the motions from defence to midfield to attack, you know, it's it's, it's too slow. Which is something obviously you experience. You've got good yeah. players in positions, though. You've got. I, 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 I'm, I'm not too sure, mate. That you know, these, these are. If you know Sigerson, you know, I mentioned him before as well. Yeah, I think, I think too he's, slow. He's, he's gone off the boil as well. You know, he, mm. he's almost like you know, half a player that you know. We have to carry him a little bit. You know, he has little moments and glimpses, but for the most part of the game, he's ineffective. Yeah, I can. You know, I mentioned that. as well that you know we brought in a Wobi. It should it should have been a Zaha because if it was a Zaha, there there you go. You've got that impetus and a bit of pace and creativity straight away. Awobi's not that person. I don't want to just pick on Awobi, but you know th- there are others. You know we've talked about going up front. You know we've got two completely different players in terms of Dominic Calvert Lewin and Moyes Keane. One one of them works in the system that you know brings in the players there where we do look at a little bit more attack. And when we have played Moyes Keane, it's it's, it's so difficult. It sounds like the manager doesn't fit what what, what Everton it, want to do. What, yeah, well, that's what I think. What I think the, is the issue is that Brands has brought obviously these type of players, and I don't know if he can utilise them or get the best out of them. In an NFL situation, Brands would basically pick the head coach. Yeah, did, did, was he Brands involved with picked. Marco Silva? I don't. I don't think he was. No, and, and this is the situation. I think Brands, if he's in charge of the transfers, he needs to pick a coach who fits the style of football that he wants to bring in. be very interesting to know. I, I can't imagine, for what it's worth, David Moyes is that name that's hot on his radar. Uh, I can't imagine that being the case because uh, clearly he has a... Moyes has a completely, you know, non-attacking but, style of football. But do you see a West Ham situation where he comes in just to cover, cover us off for the rest of the Potentially, season? Potentially. That's I think, scary. I think that's, that's, that is possible. It is, it is possible that he comes in to do a short-term job till till the summer, unless Brands is so bold. I mean, he's obviously very persuasive. He persuaded Moise Keane to leave Juventus to come to Everton. So he's clearly got some charm to go knock on people's doors and convince people to come in. Maybe he can work on Mikel Arteta. I mean, Mikel Arteta had a good time at Everton, right? He, he's obviously still well-liked. He yeah, was loved. Exactly. So th- there is a chance. And as Mikey said, he's highly regarded in a lot of circles. I think Arsenal fans probably feel, looking at what Emre's done, um, would have preferred to have Mikel Arteta. Because Emre plays a dead style of football. Yeah, exactly. Um, Mikey, I can see that you're sitting there itching to talk about he, Manchester United. He's brewing. Look, look at him. Look, man, I'm, I'm Ollie at the wheel, man. All the, all the way. I support the manager 100%. You've got to back the manager. You've got to back the manager. So before you have your rant, <laughs> yeah, who, can I just who, say, right? Can I just say, what, who for what? Who, 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 who's doing a better job, or who's coming in? Who, who's, who's becoming the next manager of Man United? I am. Anyone? <laughs> Someone? No, it's, like, it's uh, going to be Maurizio Pochettino. I, I'll, I'll be completely honest with you. Um, 
I love Gary Neville. I think he's been a breath of fresh air on our television screens for many years now. Maybe getting a bit, you know, playing to the gallery a little bit these days. Um, I think his refusal to um, criticise Solskjaer is, is baffling. I think, and, and and it comes from a lot of quarters at Man United. He's um, He seems to be impervious to criticism because he played for us once. And so people keep saying that, oh, you know, you've got to back the manager, you know, Ole's got a plan. Well, that's great and everything like that. But, you know, we could sign all the best players in the world. We could sign all the, play- the right players. But if but seemingly no one's asking the question, is Ole Gunnar Solskjaer actually a good enough coach? Because turns out it doesn't, the players are one aspect of it, of course. The coach is incredibly important. Like probably the most important thing in the club because a coach basically defines training, style of play, tactics, mentality, motivation. And we have none of those things. All of those things are garbage right now. And, um, I find the, the, the inability to, to criticise Solskjaer unbelievable. Um, the guy is not fit for the job. People keep saying, oh, but there's bigger problems. There's bigger problems at the club. And I agree, there are bigger problems at the club. But um, Alex Ferguson worked under the Glazers. Um, people have worked under Woodward and he's bought, he's spent loads of money. Um, I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility that if we got a, if we got a manager in that actually had some kind of pedigree and had a distinct way of playing that we couldn't go and identify players. I think one of the reasons that we struggle to buy players at the moment for Manchester United, who the fuck wants to go and play for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? Bingo. I guarantee you, if if Mauricio Pochettino came involved, um, people would want to go and play for him. Absolutely. Um, if, if Allegri, say his first name, Woods? <laughs> Maximiliano. What a name. If he it came is a great in, name. People would want to go and play for him. Um, because but under Solskjaer what, what, who's going to want to go and play for whatever that is there's, a there's the other why... aspect of that as well because it's, it's interesting like firstly who wants to play for him secondly um, like you say Glazers have not been short in coming forward with money they have spent a lot of money since Fergie left uh, now, I'm, not, I'm, yes. not, I'm not defending the Glazers I'm not absolutely I not far clear. from it far from it they, t- they still take uh, money away the debt is disgusting they, they should, they, they're a terrible situ- like, situation for Manchester United to have there uh, but that's a completely different story um, Edward Wood He's been willing to spend a lot of money. He did seem to reserve money, though, this summer. It seemed that he pulled out of deals for um, Dybala and Bruno Fernandes. Two players that fit into a hole, which is a massive area where United are struggling, which is creativity and the final third. What I would say, a different manager would not accept, no, we're not doing that. Um, I cannot believe that Maurizio Pochettino would sit there with Ed Woodward and them talking about players and basically uh, got them, uh, Ed turns to, to Poch and goes, look, I'm not going to sign this player. I, I can not imagine a situation where Poch would basically accept it. I can imagine Oli was like, yes, you know, he's a puppet. Well, he's the, a yes this man. is the thing. I think the last two managers, because Van Gaal was backed in the transfer market unbelievably. He was. You know, we spent a lot of money on the likes of Schweinsteiger and Di Maria and Falcao, etc., etc. Now, I can. I, I think that the last two managers we've had, I think Mourinho, although we gave him a new deal, I think we're reluctant to back him because we already spent the best part of sixty, seventy million pounds on centre backs in his time there anyway, on the likes of Lindelof and Bailly. Yep. And the demeanour of Mourinho was as such that you wouldn't really want to back the guy with that much money. That's you know, what he, happened, wasn't it? Um, yep. With Solskjaer, I think you're right, and I. I there is uh, there are noises coming out that actually it's the case of um, Solskjaer basically kind of putting a blocker on it himself because he's not sure because 
This, he doesn't want to make a mistake. Because he's come out and actually said, sorry, he's come out and said, you don't want to be left with a player that spend a lot of money that you're not sure about. Wow. That's what he's come out and said. This, this okay. is why he's invested predominantly in youth though, isn't it? Because then he's got the full back. A, it's cheaper to, to yeah. buy. And B, they're not as big a bigger name so they're easier to attract. Mm-hmm. And, and, and see, it's you know, PR as well, mate. Nothing better for PR than going, look at me bringing through these young players. Look at me, I'm blooding these young players. The thing is, is I I don't want to be too ruthless, but I don't think some of them are ready yet at Manchester United. I think some of them are a little bit undercooked. And it's unfair. I don't think some of them are good good enough either. That that may well be the case. But right now, they're talking about Pereira, for instance. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's 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 at that age now where he should have, you know, he should be embedded in the team by, what, 22, 23, is he? And and that's not happened. No. I mean,. The but thing now he's is, starting. Uh, but the problem is, you can go through that squad and you can create mitigating circumstances for all of them because you can sit there and say, okay, Andrew Gomez hasn't looked good. He needs to have been on loan. He needs to be on loan for the next couple of years of his career. Even Chong needs to toughen up. You know, yeah. they look like kids. Well, you look someone at what like, Chelsea someone, do. A lot exactly. of these boys that are coming through now, they've been on loan for the last they look, two they years. They look ready. But, uh, yeah. um, Tammy Abraham's played like 140 games. Yeah, that's mad, isn't it? He yeah. knows. He's he, he looks ready. You look at someone like, even someone like Pereira, he's 23. He ain't played it. He hasn't had a career yet. He had one season at Valencia. He ain't played other than that. And now he's been played out of position on the right fucking wing. Like, every single player you can sit there. I mean... What? You can you can create those you know you can create excuses for all of them basically the, the the one thing they have in common is they're not it's not fair on them no Dan James I feel so sorry for him I feel so sorry for him that our entire tactic is give it to that guy that kid and he's going to run fifty yards and we're going to score somehow um, you know th- with someone like Rashford why is he what, like he's been rewarded with new contracts Jesse Lingard rewarded with new contracts his players are not good enough see this this is the and thing that got me I saw an article this week that was suggesting that um, the, the the mess that United are in is letting Rashford down and I can't think of a player maybe Lingard that's benefited more from basically the demise of Manchester United as a football club than Marcus Rashford if Manchester United was still the dominant force that they once were Marcus Rashford would not be A, a starting nine or B, even a starting player for that football club and he sure as hell would not be on a new five-year, 200 grand a week deal. The geezer has benefited massively from the fact that United have let their standards slip. He'd get Welbecked. Yeah, absolutely. He, he would be Danny Welbeck and that's fine because teams need a, a player that's kind of uh, got enough quality to play uh, in games because you know, you, you, when, you, when you're Manchester United at your best, you're playing 60 to 70 games in a season. So moving on, we know Wally's not the guy. It's very apparent, not the guy. Got that? Who is the guy? I, 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 the only, the only man that would come in that I would be happy to see would be Pochettino. Because I, I think that Spurs dressing room and the Spurs hierarchy above him have let him down yep. horribly. I think the, all the nonsense of the stadium and all this shit. I think it's so much shit that has gone on at that club. Um, I think they've let him down. I think fundamentally he is a good manager. I do. And I think, but what's to say then that the hierarchy at Manchester United wouldn't let him down? Well, they're going to let down anyone, but we've got to give ourselves the best chance. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, realistically, let's be honest about yeah, but it. But then you're, you're going to be in exactly the same situation as what Tottenham are in. Where, you know, you, you, you know you'd be able to develop him so much, but then you'll only be able to take him so far. I think but one crucial difference is that we spend money. Ex- and Tottenham exactly. Don't spend money. That, that's the difference. The leverage Pochettino has as well in getting a deal at Manchester United is so high that he could probably put in a position on 
Ed Woodward that slight because obviously United are desperate to have him. It, I think it was apparent through last season they were desperate to have Pochettino. It just was a case that they couldn't get that deal done. That he'd be able to probably leverage a position that he has either control of transfers or he has the option to bring in a director of football who would obviously mediate between um, Pochettino and Ed Woodward to get transfers done. Well, one thing's for sure. The, the, the thing that we need more than anyone else is we need a proper coaching team to coach these players. They don't look coached. No, absolutely. I don't care how many times Solskjaer comes out after the final whistle and talks about, oh, you know, we're unlucky today, or it wasn't good enough. You're not coaching the players. There's no style of play. There's no, there's no patterns of play. They look fucked. They're all injured. They don't look happy. There's no coaching. There's literally yeah. no coaching. Uh, we've Right, just a quick one. I know we're slightly over time on this one. All three of us have played Sunday league football, all three of us have played Saturday League football. Yeah. We've all played five aside. We've all played football at a amateur level. Yeah, I guarantee you, all three of us have played against a team in the past where we've gone fuck me, they're good, and they knock it around, and they yeah. knock it around you, around you for fun, because they're coached and they take on board instructions. You're not, and that, that that's amateur teams. You're not telling me. I know that these players that we've got, they will not have been able to get to the status of professional footballer if they cannot take on board instructions. It's impossible. You don't get like that unless you are literally some prodigy and you, people just give you the ball and you run past everyone and score. It doesn't happen. These are professional footballers who should be able to take on instructions and it looks like they have not been given any. And that is the worrying thing. There's no semblance of how to defend. There's no... People saying, oh, Man United, um, you know, when Oli first come over, they start, they were pressing. No, we weren't. They were all running around like headless chickens. That was it. There's no semblance of a press now. No, there's, there's not even a remote slight... There's no press whatsoever. I don't understand why we're playing this formation. I don't understand why we're using these tactics and never changing them. I don't understand what type of team we're going to be. It's utter, utter shit. And that Newcastle game was the nail in the coffin for me. I'm probably not going to bother watching again this season until something has changed because I've got better things to do with my time. <laughs> do you right. agree that Oli won't be sacked unless Pochettino becomes available? I think that's a good shout. I, I reckon it might take someone to get the wheels in motion, i.e. Man United sacking Solskjaer and then biding their time and waiting for either Pochettino to <laughs> No, because then we'll get gigs in, right? And then he'll have a good six months and then we'll give it gigsy. Right? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, this, this is the risk of United. Lesson, though, won't you? Well, obviously not, mate. We'll end up in five years' time with Dion Dublin at the helm. <laughs> give, give him a crack. United legend. So I think we kind of agree that Oli isn't the guy Pochettino is. Speaking of Pochettino, obviously, we've already touched on him. Uh, he's likely to go from Tottenham at some point. It feels that way. I'll give you the top three names that have been linked with that job right now. Jose Mourinho, Brendan Rodgers and uh, Massimiliano Allegri. Which of those, for you, gets the job? I don't think Rodgers leaves. He's in a good situation at Leicester, isn't he? I think, I, I think and he he's likes... Just, and he's just arrived there. I think he's quite respectful in terms of, you know, I think he'd, he'd stay there. I know, you, I know you do that, but, you know, he, he saw out, what, Celtic, what, three years, three yeah, or four years, then, and, and then left midway through the treble, treble season, mate. He, if you ask Reading fans about but he had Rogers, to take He had to take that. No, 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 I completely agree. But at the same time, you're saying that, he'd have to take Tottenham because it would be a step up from Leicester. You get me? Mm, yeah, um, I, I don't... I think it'd be a good fit for what it's worth. I think Eddie Howe would also be an interesting choice. Eddie Howe um, needs that West Ham job first. Yeah, he, he does need a stepping stone. I think it maybe would be, I mean, especially bear in mind, we are talking about Tottenham who look like they need a full rebuild. Um, 
Jose Mourinho. I mean, you'd cry. I'd be very sad at Jose Mourinho <laughs> managing Tottenham. However, if it is the version of Jose Mourinho that I got to see at Manchester United, I'd be okay with it. Um, he, for what it's worth, I don't believe is that interested because he wants the Madrid job. And also, he he loves to spend money. <laughs> yeah, fair point. I'm looking at this <laughs> list. Getting the money I'm seen, looking yeah. at this list. and it, So I've obviously given you a top three. Eddie Howe was actually four. Benitez, five. Luis Enrique, which obviously... Uh, personal circumstances I don't think that he's probably going to be ready to come into a job and then you want to Nagelsmann uh, uh, Na- you're going to have to help me with this Na- Nagelsmann from uh, Hoffenheim yeah. who's obviously very highly thought of young very young as well though. Very would, would make a level of sense that one I think and then uh, Ten Hag from uh, Ajax I think Rafa uh, on that list Rafa oh, the fans would just I, not be I, happy I would say that as a, for the United job I would like the Ajax guy if we can't get Poch it would make sense because Obviously, you still need a director of football and there's a guy there that has pretty good links with the club. Exactly. It seems like a perfect marriage to just bring across because I have no doubt that Edwin van der Sar wants that job. I have no doubt. Yeah, no, I I agree. I agree. Um, So, uh, obviously, just to finish the segment off, who's the next manager getting sacked? (laughs) Well, Bruce bought himself some time, didn't he, given the result against United? Oh, Auntie Bruce. Good for him. Um... I think I think uh, to be honest, I think a lot of them are safe. I think maybe Hasenhutl, if you maybe pushing that stretch a little bit. Other than that, you know, all the new clubs that have uh, all the promoter clubs, I don't think they'll be sacking the manager regardless if they had a good season or not. You know, Norwich is starting to struggle a little bit, but I don't see them parting ways with uh, Daniel Fark. So the manager that should be sacked is Solskjaer, and the man uh, and he ain't going to be. Um, I agree. It's I think, I think with I think it's I, I think it's um, Silver, and I do. Despite what I said earlier, I, I do think he will be a little bit unfortunate because that midfield you've got at the moment is utter gubbins. And no team... You could, no, you could put a world-class team around those two midfielders and they ain't winning nothing. So it's, it's hard. It's well, hard. You, called, you called him a fraudster as well. So, you know... Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's very good. But um, I think it's harsh circumstances for him a little bit. Because <clears throat> all the... All I, the... I think he, he can... He can from, from my perspective, he can have a bit more time. Um... Yeah, maybe we have to write off yet another season. I don't know. Until until I'm convinced that there's definitely a plan in place for the next manager, which I kind of thought we did last time when we obviously eyed up Marco Silva and then we realised we couldn't yeah. get him. That's what scares me. It's just, it just really does. It scares me that we could end up with a, a David Moyer seeing out the season. Oh, God. I'll, I'll stop watching football then. OK. OK. Woods, that yes, segment yeah. went 24 minutes long. <laughs> Well, we're okay though because we, we've gained a few minutes here and there. Gained a pound. Um, <laughs> go on, Em. Oh, I love football. Right, I'm going to take my headphones out for the time being, <laughs> and I'm just going to stare out the window. Okay, whilst he uh, talks about where is he going to talk about? Uh, Chelsea, 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 um, Chelsea. I I didn't think that things would go so well to start this season as they have done um, I honestly did not have this high expectations of Frank Lampard I didn't really know what to expect from Frank um, bearing in mind his only previous managerial experience is obviously a season at Derby but you can see the improvements that he's doing it seems on a week to week basis they seem like a better team now than what they were um, at, the, at the start of the season um, we've got obviously Tammy and Mason have now contributed to 12 goals in eight games in the league. Um, 
We've got 13 total goals from the academy in the league. Um, You've got Hudson Doy back. Hudson Doy's just come back. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, and we've got uh, Ruben, who's going to be back at the end of the month. Um, the arrows are pointing up, man. Uh, Reese James obviously played. Uh, he's, he's back. He, he uh, featured in, in the European Cup game against uh, Lille. Um, looked strong, looked good, looked ready. Um, but do, I do, think you know, what, do you know how much it hurts me that this fucking transfer ban has completely backfired? Like, has I, I, just Because I, I was loving it when you were like, you were convinced it was going to get overturned. And I was like, I don't think it's going to get overturned. And it didn't get overturned. I was like, this is brilliant. You know, they, they're going to struggle next year. You know, the last loss, obviously, 4-0 first game of the season to Man United. It, you know, it, I was just like, they look weak. They're, they're these, these youngsters, you know, they're not proven enough. And... Literally, it's just coming to bite me back in the ass because you're looking, you're looking, certainly going forward, you, you look good. Yes, there's still question marks defensively. I think Tamori's been an, an, an absolute uh, shock, really. I didn't realise how good he would be. He had a difficult game. a different game, though, yeah? He had a difficult different. game at the weekend against Southampton mm. uh, where he made a few errors which led to good chances. Uh, fortunately, Kepper has found his, his form again, uh, which bailed us out. But no, completely. I. I don't think many Chelsea fans... I know there's fans on Twitter that will tell you, I knew these, these kids would be this good, etc. No, I don't believe that for a second because they are, they are better than advertised. Um, and we've been very fortunate with it because this, th- that transfer ban, like you said, I think a lot of fans viewed that as Hazard going, transfer ban, club's fucked, basically. Um, and what's actually ended up happening is Hazard going, transfer ban, has led to uh, pressure coming down and the opportunity to bring these players in and Frank being fully in on playing these young players and almost like he's basically been given the task of this season's fine just get these players into the team integrated into the team and playing um, and we're eight games in and it's it's working wonders um, the positivity but, as well is the fact uh, that you're in the in, fans in, 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 the, I was going to say though you got you're in a weak league in terms of after the top two you, oh, you're, yeah. you're very much easily looking for third or fourth now aren't you that's, yeah, your, it, that's your goal now isn't absolutely it? I didn't expect the rest of the league to be so poor like Tottenham being terrible has helped um, I think that Arsenal's inconsistencies obviously help and obviously uh, Manchester United have been an unmitigated mess of a team uh, that's obviously aiding us as well it really top four should be on the cards now um, but what, what, what I am going to say and I'm going to try and keep this as short as possible um, his biggest success to me is that he's been able to, with the player as well, turn Jorginho from much maligned, question marked, what the fuck is he doing, Jorginho, into the best defensive midfielder in the league, who's also contributing to the attacking third of the game as well. Uh, he's he, looking better. He's looking better. I'm not still sure defensively, but going forward, his passing looks a lot better. He's got the most recoveries in the league in that position, uh, which you know it's, it's, it shows a player that, is actually a bit more mobile than he was last year. I think the, the key thing to take away is the players that looked poor, I'll say, under uh, Sari last year, and I'm, I'm talking about Alonso as well, who's come back into the team because of Emerson's injury, and he's looked fine as well. They're looking really good. And I think that's because Maurizio Sari was so obsessed with his dang system that he obviously just kind of confined players into a specific role which took players out of their natural game and you can't really now watch exactly overcoached uh, constrained in what they were doing tactically and I think Frank's kind of freed them up a bit um, I think it's also helped with Jorginho having legs around him he's now got players that are obviously very keen to press on the front in Tammy and Mason uh, even Willian um, it's, it's all helping Jorginho to thrive a bit more in that team 
Can I can I say one thing? Yes. So um, the only th- I would say two things. Two things. So the first one is that um, one of the criticisms levelled at Manchester United under Jose Mourinho was that the player it was too rigid. Players were overcoached. They were. They had their own little thing they could do, and they couldn't do anything else. It was very much like that. And like we saw, we saw what happened. Solskjaer came in with no fucking coaching whatsoever, and the players thrived in it for about nine games. You're on what game? We're game eight in the league. Game yes. eight in the league. Okay. Um, the second thing I would say, and I, 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 Chelsea this season, much like Lee, um, I have to say, I tip my hat. Basically, it's been it's actually been really nice to see. I saw an interview with uh, Tammy Abraham and uh, Tamori. Is it what, what's his name? Yeah, it's Tamori. I yeah. can't. I, I can't think um, of his first name. I saw an interview with them on Sky the other week, and they come across as really, really, really nice guys. Really, really nice guys, and I'm really happy for the pair of them. I have to say, like, genuinely, really happy for them. And I'm, I have to say, I'm happy for you because Mason Mount is turning turning up, and he's banging them in. And you called yeah. it. And you called it as well, like, and it's really good to see this. It's, I'm not, it's not a bad thing at all. I'm, I'm not like unhappy it's a lot about positives it. However, for England as well. However, yeah. I have to say, and this is exactly the same thing I was going to say if we were talking about Liverpool today. It ain't Christmas yet. You're fair. There's a yeah. lot of league to go. There is. You don't win. Fuck all at this stage of the season. And for people to be saying, like, for people to be saying, ah, oh, top four, you know, or top two, or you know, you're in the relegation zone at the moment, right? It's eight games in. Yep. It's it's oh, a two, complete. Two wins and it completely it's a complete changes. nonsense to be talking in this in this way. And, uh, and, if then, you get sorry, to, and there is one thing though, with, also with Chelsea, is the fixtures that you play that has been relatively kind as well. Uh, I so, only could turn your face. You lost four 0 Sadly, that that result looks like a crazy anomaly right now. Yeah, I see what you mean. The fixtures have been kind recently. Um, that Manchester United played Newcastle at the weekend. <laughs> you know what I mean like, and, the, and the worst thing yeah. is and the worst you, have to be, you're, you obviously still have to win the game yeah. yeah 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 the worst thing is Newcastle fans went oh yeah could, could do this <laughs> before the game they were like this could, this could happen I was like Mate, Steve Bruce got his first win I bet he was going this in guy, 20 this, years this could be it this could be the finally the first time oh, I can beat Man United fucking hell sorry I've derailed a little bit but like, what I was saying is no I see where you're coming if, from if it is very still, early if Chelsea's still looking like this in January um, then oh yes you know, you you you, know, you have every reason to be excited, but Lampard's got a big test coming up here, and so far, I don't feel like he's had to deal with too much adversity. You know, do you know what I mean, fair. it's all been very um, even like the Pulisic stuff. Pulisic came out and said, like, you know, he hasn't been playing or whatever. He said, I'm not going to throw my toys at the pram. He very well could throw his toys at the pram in March. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and it, it's that kind of area where I think we'll see you know, the other side of management that Lampard will have to kind of prove that he can do. And he may, you know, he's got a good temperament. We all know Lampard's got a good, good temperament. He may pass it with flying colours, but I'll be intrigued to see after Christmas what this Chelsea team looks like. But at the moment, it looks exciting. In terms of adversity, he did deal with the whole Bielsa thing last season quite well. I, know, I, I back. I, I thought that whole thing was ridiculous. I, 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 have, no, I have no issue with how Bielsa handled that. I thought... It's complete nonsense. I thought Lampard threw his toys out of his pram unnecessarily so, in my opinion. I thought the entire thing was blown massively out of proportion. I that's think my, that, my opinion. I think the thing is, is that, yeah, we don't really get stuck too much in that. I think that both sides had a valid point in it. I think that Lampard's point was fair. I think that Bielsa kind of arguing back that my culture, from where I come from, this is what we do, was also fair. I just think that 
it's different mindsets. You can imagine, though, for Frank, kind of big games. They're big games against Leeds. And ultimately, he came out as the winner as well out of all of that. And now he's got his job at Chelsea, so there you go. There we go. There you go. There you go. Um, now, I know that, Lee, you've got a uh, big feature, uh, and you've been preparing this for most of the week, if I'm correct. <laughs> you've got a quite a large feature on Crystal Palace. Yeah, I just yeah. want to say to our listeners quickly, um, we, me and Mike are kind of like, we probably need to mention Liverpool about the fact that eight, uh, is it eight from eight there now? Um, eight points clear in the league. Believe it or not, yeah. I wanted to do a segment where I was going to speak positively about Liverpool for about four minutes and then end with a, mm, but it's only eight games in, let's not cream ourselves yet. Um, and it was like a carry on words, but you've gone. No, it's, it's 17 wins in a row. Opportunity yeah, like, to break a record next time out against Manchester United. All this positive stuff. And then there's Lee banging the table, wanted to talk about Roy Hodgson and Palace. And we we're like, you know what, Lee? If you're so adamant about this... You're you the producer, ahead. for Christ's sake. Produ- yeah. Produce the segment around Palace. Well, so is, away, it, guys, is, is, it bait, is it bait Lee Day, is it? Or say bait the producer. <laughs> uh, just, so, just so the listeners have got the clarity here, it was actually Woods that suggested Palace. And I was like, hmm, okay, well, I can go along with that, you know. I, I'm, I'm open to ideas. And then... Suddenly it was, oh, we're talking about Liverpool just before the show. And I'm like, whoa. No, so he says this, right? But we'd actually, spoke, we'd actually agreed on, on Liverpool literally like yesterday. And I am you going, to, I, I I am going to tweet the text from Lee going, so we're replacing Palace with Liverpool. And then all of us going, yes. And no one confirming it. Yes, we did. Well, look, the thing is, I, I, did, my, uh, I did my research, mate, you know, because I, I went down to Croydon on Saturday, which is, you know, very close to Crystal Palace, you see. So maybe, maybe that's why I'm actually inspired to do a bit of a Palace Journalist on, on the spot there. Well, I'll tell you there, what, you talking know what to I the fans, me? the locals. Well, so I went to uh, the Box Park. Um, I, I actually went to see uh, the Banksy exhibit, which is very good. I highly recommend it. But I went to the Box Park afterwards, where they have, like, you know, a big palace you know feature you know when they're playing on the tv and they get the uh they get alice the eagle down you know the the mascot you know she's she's prancing around and they also guess what they get the cheerleaders out as well hey so yeah i'm there having a bit of lunch you know and i got some scantily clad cheerleaders just knocking around me doing a little dancing it's like hmm this is good so yeah so i'm 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 all about palace these days (laughs) <laughs> Massive how, how did your girlfriend take it then was she did you... uh, she was pointing them out to me I was like oh thank you very much I'll have a look now thank you <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah but Palace mate Palace how, how are they was it the fifth sixth in the league how, they're, they're, they're top yeah. top six aren't they yeah how, they're, they're level on points with Chelsea defensively mate they're, they're, they've, they've got I've got some stats here with me about here my Palace go. you know um, they're, they're the fewest conceded at home you know in the entire league including you know Man City and Liverpool uh, and you know the the most uh, no team except Liverpool, Man City have won more away games. You know it's kind of something I wouldn't kind of put with Palace. You know being good away from home because usually you know Selhurst Park is quite a difficult place to go. But they're not they're not conceding goals and they've somehow they've got a Jordan Ayew scoring a few goals because That's they've mad. got Benteke is like you know their backup striker and I, I, yeah it's, it's quite bad. mate it's it's Roy Hodgson mate we, we talked about overcoaching he he's a very good coach on the uh, on the training pitch so to speak he, he may be a bit negative in his tactics but it kind of suits Palace because of you know the level of where they are for, for you know it's it's working you know they brought Gary Cahill in as well you know seems to be slotting in fairly well um, I just don't know how they uh, how they how they score goals over and how they actually win these games. Can I ask you both one question? And I'm looking for a one-word answer. Is it sustainable? I I, I, will, I, I will say no, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, they played eight. They've scored eight. They've conceded eight. They've got 14 points. 
I mean, you're talking about fine margins flipping. Dutch Every time I've watched Palace four. this season, they've looked dog shit. Like, I, I, they don't. They 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 are a distinctly below average team. Again, I have to say, we're eight games into the season. They've been jammy as fuck to do this so far. I think this is a complete anomaly and things will revert to type soon, in my opinion. Well, they did beat a relegation candidate in terms of Man United, so I can't see where you're coming from. This yeah. is fair. This is fair. <laughs> we drew with them, incidentally, with 10 men. <laughs> <laughs> they do deserve some plaudits, though, for what they're able to do. I mean, ultimately, they have got 14 points. And, and, they're, uh, and they're doing it without Zaha firing on all cylinders yeah, as well. Who, and when we crazy. said... We said in the in the prediction show when I said Palace are down, mate, they're fucked, you know, because Zaha's head was all over the place. And this season, he isn't really doing much. He's not like he's not their main man, it appears, and they appear to be scraping the points. There, there, there will be a blip there, but there will be a period of time where they won't pick up points, just because, as Wood said, the margins are too fine, you know, yeah. and then they're not that good enough to yeah. to maintain that, you know, these one nils, two ones, as what they've been getting. But certainly Gary Cahill's come in and, and given that defensive boost, he seems to be able to... Look, Gary Cahill's obviously a very experienced professional. He's a leader um, as well. He is a leader. Um, and I think that's definitely helping. If they can kind of get Zaha back, his mind back on track, um, focused... Um, oh, look what happened to Bolton when Cahill left. Yep. Yep. Almost went out of business this, this could year. Could say. Could say it was all down to him. Look at Chelsea, say. they're struggling as well. <laughs> I feel for Gary Cahill a bit. He got a, he got a hard time off Chelsea fans, um, bearing in mind that he's literally won it all. Um, interesting though, I, I'm just looking through Palace's results, and this just put, cropped up. They lost to Colchester United on penalties as well in the EFL Cup. They did indeed. I did not know this, mate. Cole United, they're like you know the the Premier League giant killers. Yeah, love it. Soon they'll be the giants. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, they've got an easy game up next. They've got uh, Man City home. So um, Well, there we go. There, there, there's the blip starts then. Well, you say that. Mm. Well, you say that. Uh, yeah, Ma- Man City. Man City. Um, uh, this, does, this does bring me on to the winners and losers of the week, right? Quite, quite, it's quite nicely. I don't think you've got anything more to say about Crystal Palace, have you? Is, is, is Man City your loser? Man City is my loser of the week. Your chumps. Chump of the week. What the fuck are they doing? They're Can brewing. someone answer me this question? They're ruining our lives, Mikey. I, I've already started my research into what podcast we're going to do next season because uh, if Liverpool win the league, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, do, you know, do you we know literally what? put all our eggs in the Man United getting relegated basket. That needs to happen. Do you know yeah. what my solace is? Is that it's not, I'm not a school and I'm not Good a point. university anymore. I don't That's, know any that, Liverpool fans at work. That's a great. And point. I don't know. I don't think I know any Liverpool fans at work but, either. But but again, as you said earlier, though, you know, and I don't take the internet <laughs> as seriously as I used to. So it's fine. Just but just relax. We've got to just, you know. Let's let's see if if they can go another season pretty much unbeaten. Which well, last year they lost one game, didn't they? I, I, can't, I can't see it. No, dude, I look. I have been the staunchest Liverpool won't win the league. Uh, there has ever been okay I said it the last couple of years they ain't winning the league bruv you said it last week I said it last week yeah then, then yeah. and as I said on this show it's eight games in we've got Christmas to come Salah's just got injured let's see what happens well, they they've got Man United there, next Oli is at <laughs> the wheel <laughs> and he's going to basically blow the fucking doors off Liverpool next time out right and then it's going to the panic's going to say and don't forget they've got to play City twice and I, I'll tell you this I'll tell you this I will love it I will love it if they beat them. 
Man, there's more chance of me getting one of those fucking Crystal Palace cheerleaders and Man United winning against Liverpool, mate. Lee's confident that his girlfriend doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my loser um, is everything to do with Tottenham Hotspurs. Since we last spoke, uh, they conceded 10 goals in the space of four days. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's oh, so good. It's so good. It was so funny watching those goals. Just to kind of set the scene, as we finished last week, I think one of the last things I said was, that, oh, they're losing 2-1, right? And we kind of logged off and kind of doing our little thing afterwards, just chatting about, oh, how do we think the pod went? And I've got my phone on and I'm sitting here with my phone and it's like, oh my God, they just scored a third. This is ridiculous. What's going on? And then <laughs> while I'm watching this, Mikey shouts out, it's a fourth because obviously I'm lagging behind. It was just just wonderful. Got went and put the TV on and it was just like every time Bayern went forward, they were scoring and it was hilarious. Like fucking hilarious watching this. <laughs> like it's losing to Bayern Munich. It's losing to Bayern Munich at home. Like kind of going, oh, you know, we lost 4-2. That's disappointing. But, you know, it's Bayern. They're a good team. Seven. They fucking hit them for seven. Mate, Bayern Munich, they love the North London clubs, don't they? They do, well? they do. I mean, this is it. Arsenal fans were giving the, a, bit of the, a bit of the chat about this, but it shouldn't be forgotten that I think the last time they played in the European Cup against Bayern Munich, they lost 10-2 on aggregate. So, you know, let's not get too above our station here. <laughs> Give me a loser, man. Well, mine's Solskjaer, mate, because obviously it's between Solskjaer and Silver for me, so I'm not going to go for my own man. <laughs> so I'm going for Solskjaer. For everything we've said, mate, you know, it's, it's too big for him, you know. Just going back on what you said about the pundits, mate. Um, don't you feel like it's kind of like a bit of like a Brexit feel where the pundits they've 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 come out. They're like, yeah, Oli's the man. He, you know, Ferdinand obviously he's got he's you know synonymous with this, isn't he? In terms of like he's come out and said we've got our Man United back, uh, and and now they've realised it's oh it's, it's not quite as good as what we uh, what we signed up for, and they can't go back on their words. So they're having to be stubborn, and you yes, know they're looking they're exactly looking elsewhere. This. They, so maybe it's not just Solskjaer, it's the whole thing. There's they the bang the table so much for this because Rio gets put out there all the time about this, right? Rio's video always trends every time United lose, right? And I, I, Rio, I, he, he never says so- anything about it. He, he's, he's just probably pretend that didn't happen. But Gary Neville gets away with this because after the same game, he interviewed Ollie after this and said, all right, three questions. Uh, how long do you want the contract? How much do you want? And where do you want your statue? Do not forget that this <laughs> is what true, yeah. this he is did. what Neville said to Oli Solskjaer. He's basically somehow been able to escape the same hysteria that Rio Ferdinand has. To we know, we now live in a world where Paul Ince is right. Yes, because he oh called Billy. <laughs> I now, think we even we, argued it on the pod, didn't we? We now live in a world where he's right. Did you see his column the other day? He wrote Paul another column, column the other day where he's come out and basically gone in hard on Solskjaer, hard on him. And he's right. Maybe he wants the job. Crucially, Paul Ince didn't play in the same team, right? There you go, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, he, went, he went off to Liverpool, me. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. Um, I, I, I have a winner. Go for it. Um, well, it's, it's actually a pair of winners. The Longstaff brothers. <laughs> the, 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 the ugly one and the good-looking one. Or the slightly <laughs> better-looking one. Um, what a moment, mate. Matty Longstaff. He's, oh, horrible, he's, horrible eyelashes. I mean, look. He's ginger, he can't help it. I mean, look. Oh. We can't do this. Is we got a, it's twenty nineteen. We can't just focus on someone's appearance like that. I mean, he looks like a gremlin. <laughs> but I hate his eyelashes so um, much, mate. You can't be a winner, mate. Look, I, I'm 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 happy for the guy. Like the the interview after the game where yeah. they interviewed the pair of them. That was a lovely interview. There was no media training there. It was just joy, and it does. And Graham Sooner's come out after the game, and obviously Sooner, some you know, we're not his biggest fans because he's just a complete relic. 
Um, but Ekerman said that was one of the best interviews I've seen after a game for a long, long time. Even he and could it, relate to it, couldn't he? Yeah, and it's right. Yeah. You could see the passion, the joy, the emotion that they had. Um, they, the Sean Longstaff being a bit more composed, May Longstaff running around like a fucking madman, scoring a really nice goal as well. Like composure to hear that, that, that the, the, the strike, lovely clean strike, really nice, really pleased from. And, Did and Martin Keown compare him to Paul Skulls? Because he's ginger, yeah, and, the and he scored a long range goal. He's like, yeah, he reminds me a lot of Paul Skulls. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Oh, it's the love, gift that keeps on giving. Fuck yeah, we used sake. to turn up to games listening to Simply the Best. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is the greatest thing. It was just a reaction of, was it Frank and, and, and Rio that were in the studio at the same yeah. time and they're killing so, themselves? What? what? <laughs> Simply the Best. He's being serious. This isn't a joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Go on, give us a winner, Woods. Um, I, uh, controversial one. Um, I'm going to say myself. Chelsea. It's yeah. me, oh, me, the, me, the individual, because my <laughs> team, my team are riding high. Uh, we, we're on the crest of a wave. Frank Lampard's the manager. Uh, we've got this youth revolution, which is going to see the end of the class of 92 in about 10 years time. No one will talk about that shit anymore once we've won three European Cups with our lot. Um, and most importantly as well, Tottenham are finished. They're finished, mate. Tottenham are finished. It's me. I'm the winner of the week. <laughs> to be fair, it's, it's, can't it's, argue. It's Everything true, is coming up roses for you. He's loving life, isn't he? I've Don't not like seen him. the grin on his face like this for such a sustained period of time since Freshers Week at you, uni. Do you know what I mean? You remember, like last season, the joy that we were taking out of watching him having to discuss about Sarah, and we were loving it. We were reveling in it. Fucking though. week, mate. It was just getting worse and worse. And the, the, the problem is, as Mikey said, we're eight games in. We, you know, there's 30, 30 game weeks to go. There, there are thirty weeks where basically I can start to get downtrodden about. But I, 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 I fully believe in the process. I believe in the process. Believes in that process. See, we don't believe in our processes. No, we do don't we? believe in our processes. Our, our processes, processes are, are fucked. Our broken process. <laughs> Give me a winner, Lee. Um, I've gone a little bit different. Um, I've gone for Axel Witzel. Uh, if anyone hasn't seen his goal for Borussia Dortmund at the weekend against Freiburg, it is such a sweet, sweet volley. I, I love it. Um, so I'm going to get our resident tweeter over there, Woods, to, to put a tweet out of, of it uh, after the show. But uh, yeah. if you do, just yeah, just check it out. It's, it's beautiful. He's backpedalling. Catches it sweet on the volley. It's inside the box, but it's just such a perfect connection. I, I loved it. Love it. I can see he's already... He's, he's now I, am, trying. I am Googling now to try and find this. Uh, I, I should really not do this while we're recording. Damn, that's some fine but radio. Just, just, but just believe me, you know, trust me. It's, 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 to be fair, it's not as good as your winner because ultimately you are the winner this week. I have. I have won. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, with Woods being the winner, it's time to say goodbye. It's been an hour-long show, exactly an hour, essentially. It's happened. We've, we've fucking done it, boys. The Time Master is Oh, my achieved. word, that is some goal, mate. <laughs> it's beautiful, It's from a corner. It? It's yeah. from a corner. He peels off to the back post and just pings it. I need to see this goal now. I haven't seen it myself. Whammy! Woods <laughs> what? is going to be tweeting it. <laughs> Whammy. Um, yeah, oh, you can yes, find mate. us whilst Woods sits there and basically ejaculates all over this goal. Um, <laughs> Whammy! Whammy! Um, you can find us obviously Twitter, Spotify, iTunes, all the lot. Give us a subscribe, give us a like. Uh, we, uh, if we've had theme music this week, I hope you enjoyed it. If we haven't, I hope you have enjoyed Lee singing us out right now. With what? Um, simply the best. You're simply the best. Do, 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 do. Better than all the rest. Do, 
Yeah, I ain't carrying on. Yeah, there we go. That, I, feel, I feel Lee needs to release a Christmas album. <laughs> Doing my own instrumentals, yeah. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.